How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlik Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer. Today we're going to be talking to my new friend, Andrew Cordell. He's an acclaimed author and international speaker with over $350 million sold from stage alone. You may know him better as the host of The Money Is Show, a show where he hosts today's leaders and influencers in authentic business conversations about money. Uh, he's interviewed hundreds of experts, including masters of the industry like Kevin O'Leary, Gary Vaynerchuk, and Grant Cardone. Andrew also contributes as a partner to a multi-billion dollar enterprise, and he's passionate about the benefits of business mentorship. He founded The Power Room, a CEO mastermind where today's top thought leaders combine forces to help teach entrepreneurs how to achieve success. This episode is absolute fire. You guys are going to love it. Uh, we're going to dig into whether you can become an entrepreneur or whether you have to be born one why 98% of entrepreneurs are driven by negativity and lack and how to shift that. We're also going to dig into the three rules about the game of money and how to make more of it, and also how Peter Thiel made over $5 billion tax-free. And don't forget, we only spread this message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. So if you enjoy this episode, please share it on your social and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. And for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to www.sidlickbook.com to grab your copy of the new number one bestseller, Shit You Don't Learn in College, available now. All right. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host here, Xander Fryer, with my new friend, Andrew Cordell. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Ben. Happy to be here. Freaking love entrepreneurs. So happy to be here, dude. Yeah, dude. I'm really excited to dig in because you've got, you've got a, a wealth of knowledge uh, that I think is going to be incredibly powerful for, for our audience um, but before I dig into uh, you know uh, all the stuff that we're going to talk about, mostly the, the topic I think we're going to talk about most today is going to be money, um, okay. money and wealth. Uh, but before I dig into that, I'd love for you know for everybody who doesn't know Andrew, for you to give maybe a, a two to three minute uh, uh, rundown of who you are and how you got to where you are today. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm CEO of a company called Collective Influence, and um, that's just a kind of a, a, a umbrella of all the companies I own. I'm a serial entrepreneur. And uh, right now, me and my partners have about 23 different companies, about 1,000 employees, and we're a billion-dollar enterprise right now um, that's out there. And um, I always say to people, uh, I didn't choose entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship chose me, man. I was born an entrepreneur and will die an entrepreneur and love everything about it and um, learn a lot along the way and hope I can share it with your uh, your viewers, man. And 
That's a quick I, rundown. I, actually, I, I, I want to I dig into that right away. How do, you, yeah. how do you know if you're a born entrepreneur or not? That's a great question, man. You know, I, uh, on my show, which is Money, Money is Show, I interview um, highly successful, um, uh, multi-million dollar only CEO entrepreneurs. And I love asking the question just from my own research of like, hey, are you born an entrepreneur or can you can you kind of create yourself as an entrepreneur? Like, how does that how does that work? And I, I've asked so, so many freaking multi-million dollar entrepreneurs. Here, here's the answer, in my opinion. Uh, it, it, there is both. There is you can create and become an entrepreneur. Most of the time when you find that it's, it's someone that has found a they're a great operator. They're a great person that knows how to um um delegate and create operational systems and build out a product take a project a product whether it be a, a gadget a gadget it doesn't matter and they'll build that for 10 12 15 years in a company and they kind of stay right inside of it and they'll build great companies that's more of an operator who got into entrepreneurship but they're really more of a um coo um if you will yeah. or a versus a ceo but they have a little bit of both uh and they build out long-term companies an entrepreneur that's born an entrepreneur Man, they have a new freaking idea every 35 seconds and uh, they, they struggle at the beginning of chasing squirrels. Uh, everybody tells them they shouldn't and that they're, they're, they're crazy. They take they actually are naturally um, gifted at taking losses and moving past them quick. Yeah. They don't they don't they, they, they don't dwell. Part, yeah, they have we have this ability to like I lose everything. It's like, oh, shit, man, that hurts. OK, well, what do I got to do different the next time? Like it doesn't even yeah. go through our brain of not doing it where as a if you're a created entrepreneur if you lose it's just like shattering to you and and you can't process that loss and you'll struggle with it and 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 you'll probably end up going back to work for someone a born entrepreneur we we have certain gifts um that we're born with and and um we if we learn how to play into those gifts sky's the limit for us and so for me i was born an entrepreneur um it's why my company right now is collective influence because um, you know, I have new ideas and I have different um, businesses that I, that I want to do. And it's a family of different companies that, that I have uh, that we've created. Um, and I've learned how to use those strengths that I have that other other operator entrepreneurs don't have. And it's what's what gave me my success. I love it, man. I think I think what you touched on there around like the the ability to move past it's almost like how many times can you get punched in the face and just keep moving forward, right? Because if you're a born entrepreneur, you know that getting punched in the face is part of the job, right? right? Part you, of you, you, you yeah. get hit and you keep moving forward, expecting another punch at some point, right? Yeah. But if you're, you're, if you're, you're, okay a, you're like, you understand, like, hey, it's part of yeah. the, it's part of the game. It's part of what I want to do. And uh, where other people, even not even the COO entrepreneurs, uh, take a W two, they don't even remotely understand why we would want to go do this, risk everything, go pursue uh, our lives. And knowingly, knowing we're going to get punched in the face repeatedly throughout our lives, they don't even understand that process. And for us, it's just like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, of course, it's just what I want to do. And I'm going to learn from it. And I'm going to, I'm going to figure out a way through it, over it, under it, around it. But our brains don't process like other people's brains process things. Another thing, a, a telltale sign of a board entrepreneur is when a bad thing comes, and inevitably it will, but COVID, okay? COVID was a, you know, we, we were we were running a, a, a live event business. We would put about 10,000 people, entrepreneurs, in live events per week, uh, somewhere around the world. And so we, we were doing massive events, 10,000 people. And that, that just 
boomed during COVID. That took off during COVID, right? That just went way higher. <laughs> that absolutely tanked. <laughs> tanked. Uh, I'll never forget it. We had we had tons of events scheduled, booked, people paid for them, and, and we had to turn them all off. And yeah. the but an entrepreneur, although that happens and our business absolutely tanked during COVID, uh, an entrepreneur has this unique ability to very quickly um, understand that it's bad, it's not good, this is gonna change my entire business. And very quickly we shift into, where's the opportunity? Where's the opportunity? And we just understand that through um, a, a change creates opportunity. And we quickly move to it um, versus other people that had a business that during COVID it highly affected them. They, they couldn't, they can't look for the opportunity inside of it. They, they're just struggling with, oh my God, uh, this is going on and, and I got to figure out how to do this. And for us, it's just like, as a born entrepreneur, it's like, oh shit, that's all bad. It's not going to work anymore. All right. We yeah. got to tidy it all, all the loose ends, but where's the next freaking opportunity right now that's happening. And we just move to it. What, what were those, what were those, uh, you know, to dig into that a little bit, cause I think this mindset is so incredibly powerful. What were those conversations like for you guys during that time? Like, you know, it was probably, probably March, 2020 or, you know, March and April, 2020, when you have this realization like holy crap this business is no longer a business because i remember in our company when we started to have those conversations and that was when i really knew our team was meant to be around for the long term because they buckled in and they they were like look like the business is going to change but everything's going to change right and it's the people who aren't willing to change that are going to fall off but the people who change there's going to be massive opportunity, right? So yeah. what were those what were those conversations like for you guys? Well, I'll never forget it. I was actually, you know, I was a public speaker for uh, six years straight. And I was actually at an event, one of our events. I was uh, scheduled to speak that morning. It was a uh, like a two-day event I was going to speak at all two days. And um, we had probably ballpark uh, 150 people there that paid to be there. And um, this was in March, like you said. I was in uh, Orlando, Florida. And uh, the hotel was uh, wanted us to do it, totally uh, okay with it. But some people that were just staying in the hotel saw that we, you know, there was a group gathering and and saw that we were gathering over there. And and some of them flipped out and and uh, uh, were calling the cops. They were trying to call. They were calling. They were not trying to. They were calling news stations, trying to get the news out there, showing that you know hey, these business owners are having this event and we're not supposed to be doing this and and so forth and. I literally canceled the event on stage. I say, look, you know, for us, it's like, guys, I'm not going to sit here. I don't want CNN or whoever it is coming in here saying, look at this guy up here freaking running a business and, and all this stuff. And I can see my face just plastered on CNN as the villain, you know? <laughs> and so um, I literally canceled the event live. We had to refund everybody's money. And that was it. That was, that, was, that was for probably two years or so. The last time I spoke on stage for about two years. And I, was, I spoke every single week. I went 92 weeks in a row speaking wow. on stage 92 weeks in a row and and then poof it was gone now what happens is when we talk about looking for change and the conversations of what's happening inside of it um leaders constantly leaders constantly look for change a natural leader that understands leadership is always looking for change in the environment because our world moves too fast right now our economy yeah. moves too fast. This isn't 1920s anymore. We are, we are living in a world that there is another world beside us called the metaverse that is <laughs> running parallel with us, that is moving so freaking fast right now, um, that is a leader. If, if, if you're a leader right now and your, your philosophy is, 
I have these set principles and here's how I do everything and here's how we run everything and here's how we do everything. There is value in that. But in today's world that we live in, a leader has to constantly be looking for change. And when you're not looking for change is where failure will come. And so for us, um, it was uh, as leaders, we're looking for the change and and, and in, in a shift of what, what's going to happen next. As we um, have disciplined ourselves to look for change, um, again, we, we made the shifts, we made the changes, adjusted, uh, and then uh, pivoted off to a, a whole other thing. And we, we, you know, the conversations were, hey, do we keep doing what we're doing and go digital? That was a big, yeah. big conversation at that time. That's what I was going to ask. Did you, did, yeah. is that what you did? What'd you do? No, um, we went through all the discussion of it. We went through all the, the, the processes of it and, and what it would do. But for us, um, our specialty was live events. That was our specialty. That was our strong point. And for us to then say, hey, let's go shift and go into uh, a digital event um, for a company as big as ours, it was too much um, volatility in that, that we didn't know enough about it to to make, you know, again, if we were one or two people, it's a little bit easier. But we we're talking yeah. about a thousand employees. Uh, it's a lot different moving into, hey, let's try this new thing that hasn't happened yet. And we don't know how it's all going to work out. Um, and so for us, we did not go digital. Uh, we, we tested some stuff. We played with some stuff, but we, we didn't. Um, we went deep into um, assets. We went very, very deep into assets, uh, buying up assets. That was a shift that we made. Uh, we went deep into um, um, online uh, marketing, not with online events, but we partnered with. Uh, we had a partnership with Kevin O'Leary at the time, and yeah. we run a, a business entrepreneur um, tax business that does taxes for entrepreneurs. And so we shifted into that and said, okay. Um, hey, entrepreneurs are going to be at home. There's going to be a lot of entrepreneurs starting jobs right now. If you remember in COVID, yep. all these entrepreneurs are starting. And we said, hey, let's use one of our uh, um, businesses that we do have that fits into the current market that's going on right now. Let's go Let's go market directly to, through content, through ads. Um, how do we get our tax business in front of these entrepreneurs um, so that we can gain that business? Um, so we made shifts like that, looking into what other companies we have, what's going on in the market, and then how do we utilize our strengths into it and until the dust could settle some as the dust settled um, is where we started the power room, um, which is the power room is a uh, high level CEO mastermind. Um, if you've ever been in one and, and um, you, it's, it's many, many qualifications, multimillionaire accredited investor, you have to have employees and staff, um, et cetera, right. To just to get into it. And then it's $25,000 a year to be a member in it. And we started that in COVID though, about a year into COVID. Um, and it was just because uh, where we were, all these high level CEOs or uh, entrepreneurs are coming to us and looking for advice and opinions on what, what we should do here, here. And so we said, hey, let's, let's just start a room. And um, it's a unique business in the fact of we actually um, right now don't make money off of it. Um, and we literally just pour it all back into that. We make money yeah. off of the opportunities in the room. Look, you put That's, you put. So I was I was actually gonna I was gonna I wanted to bring this up because I yeah. think masterminds are are so powerful, right? Sure. And and I'm a part of several masterminds and several I'm a part of that I pour money into that same thing. They don't necessarily make money, but the money goes into the the power of that that group, right? And so yeah. tell me about that. Tell me about the the power of that network, the power of this this group of amazing people sharing their resources, sharing their intelligence, their their experience. Tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's the biggest benefit from it, right? <clears throat> when, yeah. we, when we started it, again, different masterminds are for different things. So it's not a good or bad. For us, um, we wanted to hyper-focus on the CEO entrepreneurs 
that are already high dollar producers that are crushing it in business, um, that have a, have a lot of money. Um, and then for that, we had to create experience because that's what they want. They want a red carpet freaking experience, right? There's other masterminds that maybe cost $3,000 a year. Um, and you have a different entrepreneurs in there. Still good, not but just different, right? And so the level that we went to, that means that you got to have steak dinners at every meal. You got to have uh, breakfast that's a full-blown, incredible thing. You got to have in um, the next one I got coming in, um, we're, looks like we're booking Steve Wozniak, the co-founder of Apple, is coming to speak at yeah. it. The last one um, that we did uh, uh, in December was Mike Tyson uh, came to speak at it and a bunch of other guys. We pour the money into that. And what it creates is this incredible environment of entrepreneurs that uh, and it opens the door um, for the CEO to learn, but not in like a classroom setting, but learn from others and then go network. And so we, yeah. we focus, what, what does CEO of entrepreneurs want? They want opportunity uh, with other uh, players. They want to build a network nonstop to see how they can grow their business. They're, they are the leader. They know how to grow their business. They're looking for who else in this room is doing something that I can come and do. Like uh, the next event, we, we got a guy coming in who won Snapchat's award, the highest award that Snapchat gives away. Uh, this guy won it um, for the amount of um, ad revenue he was able to generate using Snapchat in his agency. And it was over $10 million on Snapchat. So we'll bring him in wow. to talk to the crowd about how to use uh, Snapchat for uh, ad agencies to create revenue for your business, which no one thinks about Snapchat. So this guy does yeah. something that we're not doing. These and that's what they want, right? So we put those ingredients in the pile and as, then let as the as entrepreneurs, we want to we want those new ideas. We want that that next yes. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then we just let everybody go play go go play ball, man. And and we are just one of them. So yeah. I don't actually speak at my own mastermind. Um I'm not the main speaker. I don't even have a keynote yeah. in my own mastermind. I, I sort of MC it and I introduce the speakers, but I don't speak at it. Um, other masterminds, the leader is the main speaker and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. He, but, but he or she's the main uh, person. They always are giving their opinions and philosophies. For us, it was like, no, no, man, I, I, I'll i lead it for us as far as like get up here and bring the next person up and schedule stuff. But um, I want to facilitate it. I'll facilitate it, but I want to be in the crowd because that's what the freaking action is in my room. The action is yeah. in my in the crowd. Those every two hundred multi million dollar entrepreneurs in that room, dude, there are some freaking baller ideas and and opportunities. And I want to be out there, not on stage talking about my philosophies of business. Like, dude, someone else can do that. I want to go play game, man. So that's oh, how ours is run. We, you know, it covers our staff, it covers the event, it covers our team that does it. Um, but uh, literally, dude, it's it's a hundred percent right now. A hundred percent just just provides in, the opportunity but for we love the, the, opportunity. the space. Yeah, I love it. Beautiful man. Yeah, so uh, next, ne yeah, next thing I want to kind of dig into is your your show, the Money Is Show. So tell me about that concept because it's yeah. a new, unique concept that I think is very aligned with with shit you don't learn in college. So tell me about where this came from and and what you're doing there. Yeah, because it was shit I didn't learn in college, bro. That's exactly <laughs> what I started. Um, because, you know, um, the, the show's called Money is Blank, if you will. There's a line there. And everybody has to come in and answer the question. If you're on the show, you got to answer the question, what does money mean to you? And, you know, so much of, of education, and I went to college, uh, I graduated, and so much of college had nothing to do with freaking entrepreneurship and business and, and life things that I was going through. And one of the things I found out was, um, as an entrepreneur, you have to truly know what your North Star is. You have to truly understand 
where are you headed uh, in life? What is, what, is, what is your purpose of why you exist on this planet? And most people, entrepreneurs, especially if you're listening today and you're, you're, you're trying to get started entrepreneurship or you just got started into it, um, you don't ever actually kind of take time to think about that. And so, cause you're, and I get it. I mean, I, I was there too, but you're trying to get the money in and, and, cl and close the deal and so forth. But inside of it, um, you you keep thinking about like, I, I want money for freedom, I, for financial freedom, or I don't, I, I had this pressure living paycheck by paycheck or in most entrepreneurs, 99% of them that are first generation was actually driving them to go create money and wealth is they grew up in a household that didn't have it. They grew up with family, a mom and dad that was arguing about it. They grew up in a negative environment where they, they didn't have food all the time. They didn't have the, the shoes they wanted, the clothes they wanted. And because of this almost resentment and bitterness that was created as a 12 year old, 11 year old, 10 year old boy or girl, they use that to say, I will never have that in my life. My kids won't feel that. I'm gonna go do whatever it takes to create uh, financial wealth in it. And it's that's, created, created from a place of lack almost. Yes, yes. And it, it's created from a place of negativity if you really get into it. Yeah. Uh, and through the psychology of what's, what's happening there and what's driving you as an entrepreneur is negativity. Now, look, you can harness that. I'm not saying don't use it, but I'm saying you'll find way more success in life if you have positivity that drives you versus negativity that drives you. Myself included, what drove me was negativity. I, I had to prove something. I had to reach a certain destination. I had to get to a certain um, uh, status. I had to drive a certain car um, because I was trying to prove something. And what was driving was negativity. When you can adjust that and have pos positivity drive you, um, it will change you as an entrepreneur. Again, money is not the end goal. It never, never can be. It never it is, it is empty as a mirage in the desert if you think money um, will solve all these different things that you want to solve in life. It doesn't exist. It's a mirage. So when you stop chasing money and you understand the true definition of money, like why do you want money? What does money mean to you? You just said when you understand the true definition of money. So what is the true definition of money to you? So uh, that's the point of the show. You, you, you uh, would have maybe a different definition than I have of it. I will give you my definition. I think that money is, there's the, there's the question of the yeah. show. Money yeah. is, for me, money is influence. Yeah. Money is, money is influence. And I think influence is one of the most uh, critical words, uh, powerful words on the face of the planet. I want you to understand this as an entrepreneur. If you have money, money can influence people for good or money can influence people for bad. The same exact actual dollar bill. Like if I was holding, um, I'm gonna do it, I'll pull this out. I just had another podcast recently behind me. This is a plaque I was given. This is a hundred dollar bill uh, from Mexico and a pesos. And uh, yeah. I, I uh, support uh, in my group does as well, um, a, a foundation called OUR, Operation Underground Railroad, where they, um, they're the most successful anti-sex trafficking uh, organization in the world. And they save children um, from being sell, sold as sex slaves across this world that we live in. And we donate money to him nonstop. And he's a good buddy of mine. And he gave me this uh, plaque uh, a, a while back. This money right here was the money that they used to save. This was actually the freaking money they used to save uh, uh, the uh, nine-year-old boy uh, from being sold into sex slavery. So this wow. money right here, that that dollar bill that I gave them, he can I gave them the American. He can they, they go down life. there, undercover operations. They then use that this money 
and it saved a nine-year-old boy from getting like freaking raped by another dude. Okay, so again, money is influential. It can either, I can use money to influence and save a nine-year-old boy's life, or that same dollar bill could have been used to buy that boy and that the other guy was going to do, there could be horrible crimes against him. But it was the same dollar bill. So for me, understanding money, money has massive amount of influence on life. So for me now, as an entrepreneur, understand that the purpose of me to have money is not for me. The purpose of money for me is to influence things, humans, foundations, uh, generations for good. Therefore, my decisions that I make day by day are based off of, does this help me reach my goal of creating better influence in the world today? It changes how I do business. It, 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 it refocuses my, my true North Star of understanding why I even want money. It's not about a car. Not that I don't have those nice things. I don't have a nice car and a nice house. But um, those are simply achievements. Fulfillment is what we're looking for in life. Fulfillment yeah. is me doing this. Now, as I create fulfillment in my life, achievements will come with it. But here's a tri- here's a unique one because I know you coach I think, a lot. I think of- that's I think that's really important as well because I don't want I don't want everybody to think that like you you know you like you're not allowed to also have a nice car. You're not oh, allowed no. to also have a nice home and take care of your family, right? Exactly. Like we're all, we're all going to have these desires too. Because that that's where I was going with it. So uniquely enough, uh, there's two things as an entrepreneur you can choose you can choose a life of fulfillment or a life of achievements. Okay, you have to choose that. Most of my life as an entrepreneur, because I didn't understand, I was choosing achievements. Achievements is just saying, um, I need to make money because I, I need to have this car. I need to make money. I need to close this deal because I need to uh, uh, take care of my family. I need to close the deal because I want to take my family to Disney World. I want to provide this type of vacation. The issue with that is your achievements will always move. Every, it's why it's a mirage. Every time you reach a certain achievement. Never, never ending. It just keeps going. Yeah. It's never ending. How many entrepreneurs do you know, man, that have said, man, as soon as I reach a million dollars, I couldn't imagine if I got to a million dollars one day in business. And then when they get to a million, what happens? Are they happy? Are they done? Are they like, okay, this is where, I, this what's, is it. Man. What's next? It's literally, it's just, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And it's because they're using achievements to drive them. Normally yeah. achievements is driven from negativity of life. That's literally where it's coming from. When you choose fulfillment, Fulfillment does not say get a, that you're not going to have those nice things that we were talking about. Fulfillment, think about this. For me to truly feel fulfilled in life, for my life, for me to feel fulfilled, I would have to have those nice things. That's part of me yeah. feeling fulfilled in life. Fulfillment, achievements will always follow fulfillment. They always do. So as you're living a fulfilled life and choosing fulfillment of doing, understanding your North Star of what money's really for, as you're creating achievements, I mean, a, a fulfillment, your achievements will, will come along with it. We'll if come you choose achievements, you'll actually never have fulfillment. Again, I know you're a coach. I'm leaning into this. How many freaking wealthy people do you know that have achievements but not happiness? Oh, yeah. How many people have money but they're not happy? Why? Actually, you, you, you do this as part of your podcast. You interview a lot of people. What, what percent would you say, like, I would probably guess, like, Maybe ninety percent or something are 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 chasing that achievement rather than really really chasing the fulfillment. Eventually, I think everybody hits enough of like I I keep getting these achievements, and eventually I kind of realize I have to go for the fulfillment route. 
But what mm-hmm. percent do you say fall into that trap? I would probably say, uh, oh, just tough. Um, broad stroke, I'd probably say, uh, you know, in context of where they're at, but I would probably tell you 98% of entrepreneurs yeah. live, live achievements, not fulfillment. Yeah. And the only ones that ever can make it back over to fulfillment, uh, this, that was where that I went down. It was always achievement, achievement, next thing, next thing, next goal. Let me hit this. Let me hit this. Let me hit this. And uh, the only reason I was able to switch back over and understand, wait a second, it, it's, this is not what I was looking for, is because there was this um, um, self, uh, like you're hollow inside. Like you have yeah. all this stuff. People think you'd be super, like everything is great. And everybody around me was always talking about, oh man, you got this, you have this, you had this. And, I'm, and I was always like, dude, what? Like, I had this like feeling of, of, of doubting self-worth. What everybody around me thought, my God, you accomplished all this. Yeah. And it was only through self-reflection that I realized, bro, what I'm doing is not going to get me to what I actually want in life. What I wanted was to feel love from my partner. What I wanted to feel was connection from my community, from my church, mm. like, those are the things that I actually wanted in life, not actually achievements. But if I find connection with my um, love for my partner, I'll be a better leader at my office. I'll be a better yep. leader at my, at my desk. If I find connection through, for me, let's say it's church. If I find connection through church, if that's the path you want to go down, I'll be a better person because I'm having what I need as a human. I have now connection. I have love. I have support. That makes me a better person, which makes me a better leader, which creates better results of achievements, but only because it makes you more money. (laughs) Exactly. That's no point. It like makes you what you actually want, but not only do you get to make what you want, but you get to feel the way you want to actually feel in life, which is like, that's actually what people are. If you think about it, it's actually what people are wanting, right? Do you know why we buy nice cars? Like even when you choose fulfillment, we buy nice cars um, because it makes us feel a certain way. That's the truth of it. Like, it's, I'm so cars. glad you just brought this up because I like for the longest time, even, you know, we, we made great money for the last few years yeah. and I, I drove around a mini Cooper for the last few years and yeah. my wife always made fun of me because I, you know, I'm making millions of dollars and driving a mini Cooper. And ever since I was a kid, I've wanted a Porsche. Like ever mm-hmm. since I was little, I was always, you know, flipping the magazines and like looking at the different Porsches. Yes. And, and this year we ended up getting a Porsche and I was just like, okay, we'll just get like the baseline model. But man, when I get into that car, I feel like, I feel like that like 10 year old kid, just yeah. like giddy and hilarious. And it's, it, yeah. So I know exactly what you're talking about as you're talking about this. <laughs> and, and it's not bad, right? Where it comes yeah. bad is if you think that if you have that car, you will, you will feel successful and you'll, you're going to yeah. feel like you, you've did it. And it, it's not, it's only as you, as you understand fulfillment and living that life that when you get the car um you still have those feelings that you're looking for but it's not what's driving you what's driving yep. you is how do you create love connection um support uh um, environment how do you create those things in life and these are the byproducts uh of that life over there it's, it's, it's incredible man I, I freaking love it dude that's amazing so for for somebody who's obviously uh, not at the level that you're at or the level that I'm at. Maybe they're just starting in their, their wealth building or entrepreneurial journey. Um, obviously, going at it from the intention of fulfillment first is, is probably a great piece of advice. What other pieces of advice would you have for people when it comes to uh, you know, the, the money side of things and starting down that wealth side of things? Yeah, so um, 
you know, I want to answer uh, how you asked it, which is what advice do you have for an entrepreneur when it comes to money? Right. So there's all yeah. different advice for entrepreneurship and talents and, and leadership. But let's talk about what you hit, which was money. Money. Yeah. Here's here's a big piece to it. Uh, I'll, I'll give two quick things here. One is just understand um, uh, money is not bad. Uh, money's not evil. Rich people are not uh, greedy. Um, that these were uh, things that were programmed to us as a young person. Um, and and you have to that's part of you having to reprogram and understanding what fulfillment is because you'll never have money with that uh, programmed running inside of your computer. It's like if I was running my computer right now and it was there was a virus inside of it, it does not perform the way it should perform. It was built to perform because there's a big virus in my computer. Your, your uh, software in your brain is uh, programmed with a virus of that money is bad and is evil and it's not good and it's, it's greedy yeah. and uh, that stuff. So that's one big thing you gotta go through. Now, the second piece of it is this. This is the best piece of advice, and this is what changed my life probably the most when it came to money. I'm going to go back to money is blank. And one great answer for it is money is a game. Money is a game. Now, to understand this in perspective, what most entrepreneurs make a mistake at is they think that what they're doing um, is the game. Meaning, if you're a real estate investor, or I'm going to use what you guys do, Xander, if, you, um, if you're a, a coach and you're 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 coaching that maybe someone uh, like you're coaching someone in fitness or in health or in real estate and you're a coach right the game is not your coaching game that's not the game that's the vehicle that you chose to create wealth that's the vehicle not the game the game that every entrepreneur is playing is money that is yeah. the actual game every single one of us is playing money now an issue that we'll deal with is even when I say that, people get like, as I, I'll speak in different places, they kind of get like, uh, like it, like shell shocked, and like it offends them almost. And the reason it offends you that's, is because that's funny because I love it, as you're saying yeah. it. Like it, it connects deeply with me. I love it because that is actually what we're doing. You're not running a non a non for profit. You're not running a charitable foundation. You are in business. You are you are uh, in entrepreneurship to create money because that is the game that we're playing. Because remember. If I have money, I can do what I want need to do with it as my purpose, which is influence the world for good. Therefore, that is my purpose in life is to create money, the game of money, so I can influence uh, for good. Now, well, that's so. So for me, that's kind of what it like. You mentioned that, like my, for example, we coach coaches and help them build yeah. businesses. That's my vehicle yeah, to the money game. Exactly right. And so, if, if the game is money and the vehicle is helping other people build businesses and help the world. Well, then the better I do at the game, the more money I make, mm -hmm. the more people I'm helping. It, it all flows, man. It all flows together. The normal break in the process is always that people will hyper-focus on the vehicle as though it's the game. And yeah. It's not the game. It's the vehicle. So you may know everything about the vehicle. You may know, go to your Porsche. You may know the, the size of the engine and the, and the transmission and the gears and, and the, uh, the tread on the tires. And, and <clears throat> you may know all those things about the vehicle. But if you have no um, um, uh, gasoline or electric, <laughs> if it was electric, gasoline to use the car, the vehicle is of no good to you. It's just a massive paperweight is all it is. So. Yeah. Business is the vehicle and you have to understand it, but the actual gas that makes it work is money and money's the actual game. Now understand this, if money is a game, just like any other game, whether it be a board game of Monopoly or Clue or strategy or whatever it is, chess, checkers, 
or a sporting game, right? Baseball, football, hockey, doesn't matter. If you understand that money is a game, then it would tell you that there's rules to that game. Because in every game, there's a set rules to it. And, and if you would like to not have uh, friends with, when it comes to board game time, when someone pulls out a board game and it's Monopoly and we're all playing Monopoly at the same with the rules of Monopoly. And then you show up and you're like, oh, it's my turn. Uh, well, I don't want to roll the dice. Actually, I'm just going to pick my piece up and move it to Boardwalk. And I'm going to buy Boardwalk now. And actually, I'm not going to pay you cash for it. I just want you to leverage that and give it to me for only $20 and on, on leverage. Like you're just making up your own rules to a game. Now, when, when that happens in a board game, no one wants to play with that person because we're all playing the game and the rules and we're all trying to win at the game of Monopoly. And this other person comes along and creates his own rules and then doesn't understand why no one, he can't win and no one wants to play with him because you make up your own rules of Monopoly. Apply that same philosophy to money. Money is a game. Money has rules. You cannot, nor I can change those rules. These are the rules of money. They already exist. I can't, I can't change them. I can't make them up. If I follow the rules of, uh, of money and understand that game, I can be very, very successful at it. The issue yeah. is the shit they don't teach us in college is the rules of money. No one ever teaches us the rules of money. Therefore, how can we, how can we be successful what, with money? What are a couple? Yeah. What are a couple of the, what are a couple of these rules that we can, we can be aware of? I'm sure, I'm sure that like I subconsciously know some of these rules because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to make any money. But like, yep. what, what are some of them that you've been able to distill down? Yep. Uh, great, great question. So uh, I'll give you a couple of them, the, the big ones really quick. Number one, um, the, the one rule I tell you is that uh, is the word, the rule that I call is money movement. Money movement. It simply means to understand this money. If you want money, if you want to create money, if you want to uh, have wealth, you have to understand that money is always, always in movement with or without you. It's irrelevant to money. It will always be in movement. So let's set the set the let's set the game board here. If money is a game, um, let's set there's two teams, and those two teams are called the contributors and the creators. These are the two teams in money. Contrib is the, and it's not good or bad. So make sure you understand it's not right or wrong or evil or, or or nothing. It's just there's two teams. One team is the contributors. One team is the creators. The contributors are like my mom and dad. And my mom and dad uh, worked uh, were school teachers, and they worked every day at the school, and they taught and they taught and they taught. And they were contributors uh, and contributors are kind of of that mindset, but they're also entrepreneurs that are trying to become entrepreneurs and they're, but they don't understand, it, but they're still in the same actual boat as a contributor. Okay. It does just because you're an entrepreneur does not mean you're a creator. That is not what that means. Creators yeah. are those who understand how to create money. They understand how the game is played and then how to create money. So watch in the, in the two brackets of contributors and creators, contributors will always contribute their money. They always have, they always will, and it will never change for them unless they, unless they choose to go to the other team. One quick way to understand this is where does all the money come from for creators, wealthy people? Where does all the money come from, from uh, to the wealthy? Where does all the money come from? It comes from one spot and one spot only. You know what it is? No, no I don't. It's simple. All the money comes from the contributors. Yeah. All the flow of money flows from the contributors to the creators. To the creators. It always has and always will. Now, what vehicle that the creators are using, there's a ton of vehicles. But understand, the money flows from the contributors to the creators. I'll show it to you. Uh, a person has a W-2. They get a job. They have a check. On the first of the month, they get their paycheck. What's the first thing they do when they get their paycheck? 
They're going to pay their mortgage or their rent. Pay rent. Yeah. Okay. They're going to pay mortgage or rent. Now, landlords who own all the houses that are collecting their rent, are they contributors or are they creators? No, they're, they're creators because they're creators. the money then flows from the contributor who went and worked a job, made the money, got the paycheck. And as soon as they got it, they sent the money back to the other side, which was the creators. So the creators, it's just a circle of freaking money that keeps going in a circle. Yeah. Because then, then the creator, the creator might have employees under them, which are actually contributors, and they'd be paying them W two. So it's kind of, yeah, kind of the cycle. Who owns the business? Let's say that, let's say that the, where the contributor works at is Adobe. All right, who owns Adobe's? Contri Adobe contributors or creators? Creators do. All right, so creators own the company that then pays the people, the contributors, that then flows back to the other side, that then flows back up. And it's just a freaking yep. ginormous circle, right? So the game uh, of, of money, two teams, contributors, creators. Well, one is always contributing their money to the other side. Creators are always having different vehicles because they understand how the game is played that attracts the money to it, right? You could go down the line, right, of, of cars. Who owns all the cars? Well, the banks own all the cars, all right? So you pay your car note, it's going to the other side, the creators, all right? Now, if you understand that, now there's two teams. Understand the on the creator side, there's simple three things of, of to understand. You have to know how to create the money, keep the money, protect the money. Those are the three rules of the wealthy. And, and when I say wealthy, I'm not even talking about the 1%. To be in the 1% of America, you only have to make $434,000 a year to be in the one, top 1%, uh, to be known as the one percenters. I'm not even talking about the one percenters. I'm talking about the 1% of the 1%. They know three things. They know how to create it, keep it, and protect it. Most entrepreneurs, let's just say right now, I'll skip create because that's where most entrepreneurs are actually fairly good at is they can create money. Where entrepreneurs yep. suck at is they don't know how to keep money. They don't know how to keep what they make. And I don't mean- Especially, especially first generation oh, entrepreneurs. Yeah. Oh, they're the worst at it. They're the worst at it because go back to what's driving them? Negativity. What, type, what, do, they, what do they need to do with their money? Prove their self-worth, prove to their family, prove their mom and dad that they can have reached a plateau. They can have this car. They can go on this vacation. So what's driving them is negativity. They spend so they're it all going back into the consumer mentality and they're exactly. kind of acting like a, like a contributor. They, they, they're sheaves and wolf's clothing. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they, they, they think they're a creator. In reality, they're just a contributor that just works for themselves. That's all they are, right? So. Yeah. Keeping it is the trick to it. And if you ever follow this, and you guys can go Google this if you're listening uh, when we get off, is go Google uh, Mitt Romney and his um, tax-free accounts. Go Google that. It's all public data. Go Google Peter Thiel and tax-free accounts. Okay? So understand the wealthy, what happens in the contributor uh, entrepreneur is they, 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 they create their business. They, they, they make this money because they're good at creating it. They make this money, but they don't understand the game of money. They just know the vehicle. So they use the vehicle to create the money. As they use the vehicle to create the money, they don't know the other phases of it. So therefore, at the end of the year, they're like, oh, shit, man, I owe these taxes. I owe this government this money. Hey, CPA, what should I do with it? And the CPA is like, oh, hey, you're third year in business. Let's take all these deductions and write-offs and, and go spend it on this and go buy this and go buy this. And, and at the end of the year, we're going to have your negative $33,000. So you don't owe the government any money. All right. Now, listen, I did this. I mean, I, I did this. But here's the truth of the matter. If I made 100 grand, let's just say, right? It doesn't matter the number. If I made 100 grand, but I spent 100 grand and, and for deductions at the end of the year, so I don't have to pay taxes. Therefore, my, my, my tax uh, uh, report, uh, IRS, says that I made negative $33,000, so I don't have to pay any taxes. 
If I made 100 and I spent 100, how much do I have? Nothing. Zero. So you, you explain to me, Batman, what is the difference between the W-2 person who gets a paycheck, works the entire year, puts the money aside, uh, I mean, and spends the money, contributes the money to the other side, and at the end of the year, has nothing. They have zero. The entrepreneur has zero. Why? They know how to create it, but they don't know how to keep it. How do the wealthy keep all this freaking money? Okay, I'm going to give you an example uh, to go a little bit deeper. How do the wealthy structure their businesses that allows them to make money, create it by the millions, and then keep it and not pay anything in taxes? So how do the 1%, 1%, again, go Google this yourself. Don't have to listen to freaking me. I'm not your CPA. Go Google Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney has a Roth IRA that was divulged in 2012 because he ran for president. He has a Roth IRA that has over $100 million inside of it, tax-free, meaning he's never paid taxes on it. He won't pay taxes on it. How do, did he put $100 million inside of a tax-free account and never pay taxes? When if yeah. you made a million, a hundred million dollars uh, in your current structure, uh, you would pay about fifty percent of that back to the government. So you didn't make a hundred million; you you made fifty million. All right. Well, he made a hundred million and kept a hundred million. The wealthy, the top one percent, they understand how to create money, but they more importantly know how to keep their money. Go go. Yeah. How, how does Netflix? How does Amazon pay nothing in taxes? What are they freaking doing that you're not freaking doing? But what is the difference? And it's understanding, it's understanding the deep understanding of how to maximize um, the tax structure that the government set up. I am not telling you to do any of this weird crap that you see out there of like how Wesley Snipes freaking doesn't pay taxes and doesn't believe that the, do the tax. Do not go get yourself thrown into jail for for. Yeah, that is the evading exact, your taxes. Yeah, opposite of what I'm freaking telling you right now. What I'm telling you is. Yeah. Go invest in CPAs, high-level CPAs and tax attorneys, and understand yeah. how the wealthy structure their businesses and their investments. And there's a whole other freaking world out there. Again, if you want to go, go look at it, go Google Peter Thiel. Uh, Peter Thiel is the founder of uh, um, uh, PayPal. He put $2,000 uh, inside of a tax-free account knowing how to structure the deal, which is very, very – there's a book called The Art of the Deal, and it doesn't teach this yeah. in it, but – is the art of the deal. He knows the art of the deal, how to structure the deal the right way. He put $2,000 in a uh, tax-free account and it has over $5 billion in it tax-free yep. right now. Okay. Well, how is he doing that and you're not? Because he's not paying anything in taxes and you are. So what is he doing that you don't understand how to go do? If you want to actually have money to create influence, you better understand the game of money because it's not what you think it is. I promise you. There's five accounts. Just so everybody knows, there's five accounts that the wealthy people use that you can create, build, and use to create massive amounts of wealth, structured the right way, followed by the IRS guidelines, followed by what Congress has passed. Repeat this. None of this weird shit that you freaking see on TV. Just do, do exactly follow the, again, money's a game. Follow the rules. Don't bend them. Don't break them. Just follow them. It was created by the wealthy for the wealthy, my friend. And if you will do it, you will make a lot, a lot of freaking money, which will allow you to actually do what you want to in life. Andrew, this is this has been absolutely stellar. Personally, I could probably spend another hour digging into just this topic with you, but I want to be conscious of time. So we are going to cut this one, cut this one short, and we might have to get you back on the show to dig deeper into those those five accounts, man. But uh, 
Uh, last question for you. Where can people learn more about Andrew Cordell, about the, uh, the uh, Money is Blank uh, show? Where can people learn more about everything? Uh, I say two things. The easiest is to follow me on Instagram, probably. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it's just my first last name, Andrew Cordell. You can DM me. I, I respond at night to DMs uh, as many as I can, and, and I'm not too big, so I can get to a lot of them. Um, if you want to go to my website, feel free. Go to my. I have no funnels. I have nothing to put you inside of. Not that I'm against them. I, I made a lot of money off of them, but just I don't have one for you. So if you want to learn more about me and hit me up and and come and network and be part of the power room, I'm happy to have you if you qualify. I'm happy to have you. Um, besides that, man, just just hit me on Instagram. I love I love, I love it. entrepreneurs. It's, it truly is a passion, man. Beautiful. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for being on the show. This has been uh, an absolute pleasure. And for all of our Shit You Don't Learn in College fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to www.sidlickbook.com to grab your copy of the Shit You Don't Learn in College book, number one bestseller on Amazon, available now. Um, thanks again, Andrew. This was great. Hey, no problem. If you want to have me on again, I'll teach you the five accounts of the tax the wealthy use of the shit they don't teach you in college because i guarantee they didn't teach you those five accounts let's let, let's do it man that sounds perfect <laughs> thanks boss appreciate it all right that's all we have for today folks i hope you enjoyed this episode of shit you don't learn in college and if you did please share this episode on your social media and tag at xander fryer and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on itunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes we can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it so we really appreciate the support Thanks a ton.